Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Nomad Cloud. Our official partner is Global Rescue. Listen, traditional insurance won't rescue you and a medical evacuation can cost up to $300,000. The cost to Global Rescue members, just the price of the membership, which starts as low as $139. You see friends, Global Rescue memberships provide peace of mind with travel services designed for unexpected medical and security emergencies whether you're a digital nomad, expat, or family. Listen, do you have a plan in case of emergencies? If not, we recommend that you tune in to Global Rescue. And folks, I'm here with my son, if you're watching this on video or on audio, and the reason that I'm so excited about this partnership with Global Rescue is we are in safe hands. No matter where we are in the world, you know, if civil unrest breaks out, if some sort of goodness me, if I broke an ankle or something crazy and I needed to be airlifted to uh, medical uh, services to get surgery or whatever it may be, Global Rescue will literally send rangers. They will literally send the national police. They'll literally send whoever is there that's going to secure you and your family immediately. They don't make any extra questions. They don't ask you to fill paperwork. They don't do any nonsense. You don't pay for the services of being um, taken from um, this emergency situation to safety. They just do it. And that was one of the biggest reasons that I decided to partner with them for my uh, podcast and, and a lot of the things I'll be working on moving forward, even in a future event that we're working on right now. Um, and, you know, I just want to let you all know that this is the most important thing, person, project. It is my son. And I know anyone who is in either in a serious relationship with their partner or they have a kid, you want to protect yourself because that's all that matters. So if you are already on another insurance um, you know, company, you can still get Global Rescue. And it's very affordable to protect yourself when you go on these slightly higher risk trips. If you're going to be mountain climbing, if you're going to be in places in Southeast Asia where health-wise it's a little bit more risky, I would sign up for a Global Rescue membership every single time. I will not take the risk. So with that being said, I'm excited to announce Global Rescue as our official podcast partner moving forward. And let's get into uh, this week's All right. Podcast. We are live now. And uh, today I'm here with Julian Ivaldi, very interesting young man. Um, I can't believe I'm like... I'm like 35 now, so anyone under 30 to me is a young man. <laughs> I just, you know, so don't be offended. I, I just want to jump straight into letting people know, like, you're very accomplished for your age and we'll get there. But uh, I'd love for you to just tell us where you're where you're from and what city you're in today, because that's always it's different for a lot of people these days. So we're going to mm -hmm. start with that. Where are you from and what city are you in today? Yeah. So I'm from a little town in the southwest of France. Uh, the name of the town is Osegore. It's uh, like a surfer town, uh, like a little California. It's pretty cool. And it's very like on the southwest of France, next to the Spain uh, and nice. across to the, the ocean. And right now I'm in Paris. I'm, uh, I'm jumping okay. between Paris and London, uh, mostly, but also nomading uh, in a country in Europe, mainly, you know. But yeah, right now I'm in yeah, Paris. Yeah. This is where I work uh, with my co-founders. We have one office here, but I also like uh, yeah. work from London too. Very cool. I can't wait to get into it because I love your startup background and the things that you, you that you've been working on sharing on Twitter. We originally connected on Twitter. You're 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 one of those guys that always brings so much value on that platform. So um, I want to jump into it. You're in Paris right now. And you're working on in tech. Let's just jump straight into it as to why you're specifically in the startup field. You're a young guy. Um, why are you into that 
that kind of uh, industry? Like what brought you into the industry basically? <laughs> Yeah, so basically, you know, I'm, I'm I'm 23 years old, and I wanted to to create like ambitious and missionary stuff since like my youngest age. You know, since my 14, 15, I wanted to create like ambitious projects and uh, impactful projects. You know, so at some point, like startup for me, it's like a project that grow fast, but that have like impact fast as so, and that are very, are very ambitious. You know, so this is what I wanted to create since I was young. And at some point, I started to create some of uh, my last company. I started to create some companies, some more ambitious than others. And I started to create a structure to create and to co-create companies and to co-create startups. Because I trust that startups and ambitious companies, like how the society will evolve is thanks to this, you know, uh, in every type of uh, space, you know. So I think like supporting and co-creating startups make me like uh, happy make me um, feel i participate in society development etc and yeah i like it you know so that's that's the game yeah. i play you know that's amazing yeah i just find because i mean i i went to college in san diego in california sunny place as well and i just remember that there weren't so many people interested in um being entrepreneurs, they're all like, uh, kind of like get in line, get your education. So my curiosity is though, why didn't you go to school? Why aren't you in college? You're 23. That that's my main thing. Like, I know you love startups, but what was it specifically from when you were younger that made you say, uh, -uh I'm not going to be the guy that goes to university for 12 years. I'm going to do startups. Like I really am interested in hearing that origin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, basically, I, I was pretty cool at school and it was pretty easy, you know, to get some uh, good grades and to go, like, on a step further. But I wasn't very, like, uh, uh, how can I say, like, um, it wasn't attractive for me. It wasn't stimulating for me. And I was, like, uh, it was a bit boring, you know. I wanted to create stuff, like, uh, <laughs> without having to to get this degree or something like this. And I was, like, lucky because what, what I was attracted on was, like, tech startups and tech startups at some point you can learn from yourself uh, like uh, to code to build to develop some things online you know on internet yeah, you know yeah. so I, I wasn't like very restricted by uh, the fact that I do or that I don't do like some uh, high school uh, very like um, uh, very like deep uh, and uh, big uh, schools etc you know so I wasn't just like very interesting about it. And I decided to start building. And this is how I learned all I know today. This is what make me feel happy and what make me feel like, again, participate in, uh, in my life project of building companies. Yeah. And cool, like, try, you know? yeah I, 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 I think it's something to pay attention to. I know there'll be listeners or viewers for this uh, podcast that are also young. And I just want to show the reason I wanted to interview you is because I wanted to show how possible it is to start early. When I was 23, I was in my mama's basement, dude. Like I didn't have any idea as to ambition. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted to do in the world. So getting you on here is just to show people and we'll get into the numbers. Now I really want to dig into the value as well. Obviously is like people should be inspired by you to know it's not as if like you, you haven't built a billion dollar business yet as a startup. I, you probably will, but you're doing things that people your age probably fantasize. Probably what I was fantasizing or I wanted to do, but I just didn't know how or was I was too afraid to kind of leave home or to figure it out myself. So mm -hmm. kudos to you for that. So I want to go into the startups. I want to learn about some of the startups that you've helped start. <laughs> That's pun intended. But what are the things that you've built? Mm 
Um, just give us an example as to the different niches, the different type of products that you built, because I wanted people to understand the range of what you've done as well before we learn about how to start a startup. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So basically, um, to make it more clearer, we started building a startup studio uh, with four other partners like three days, uh, three years ago. And our job and our mission was to co-create startup from A to Z. So we were at some points, um, most of the time, part of the idea. We were most of the time part of finding the great co-founders to build the team, etc. And we were... Uh, uh, most of the time, um, the actor of making the first uh, zero to one gross, you know, this is what was zero job, to like, uh, one. What's zero to one mean? Sorry. To, to like the zero to one vibe is like about like starting a project and getting your product market fit, your traction, okay. your first like setting up, you know, it's like how you will uh, bootstrap and go from something yeah. that's not exist to something that are kind of scalable. You have found your product market fit. You have found your founder's market fit. You have like attraction mm. You have something. This is what I mean by zero to one. You know, we are very like hands on okay. from day one. Uh, so this is the yeah. job basically you do on when you have a startup studio. And we co-created like several projects. You know, uh, we co-created like agencies start to start because we need to we need to um, bootstrap our own structure and we need to have cash to finance startups because as yeah. you can see, as you can imagine, when you found startup and you co-found startups, multiple startups every year, you need some cash. Mm -hmm. And we we don't we don't yeah. want it to raise some funds, etc. We wanted to make the exercise for ourselves, so we decided to create our own. Um, ecosystem of productized agencies, you know, and this after mm. one year, we started from zero to agencies in-house that uh, generated uh, between one, uh, 100,000 to 200,000 uh, profit every month, you know. So hmm. taking into account all of this, it gave us some cash and we started co-creating more ambitious projects, you know. So we co-created, for example, a software service like the software service Enfluspy that became Amina. It's like an e-commerce uh, software service that make you win mm -hmm. your um, winner product when you do e-commerce and that make you analyze okay. competitors' ads, etc. For with this tool, we went from zero to uh, three hundred thousand monthly recurring revenue with this SaaS. You know, we oh, created uh, with another like a founder a studio of Shopify app, another strong founder a, st a studio of a mobile app. We co-create Web three platform. We co-created in total kind of twenty companies, uh, twenty projects, twelve companies where. At the end, after one year, still here, still making some growth, still like um, growing and getting traction. And we, between these 12 companies, we have like eight who are very like ambitious and was skyrocket right now, you know? So we, we went from zero uh -huh. to uh, 22 uh, million annual recurring revenue in our portfolio. And after this, with the uh -huh. time, we decided to um, change a bit. And it wasn't like, us that we decided, but the market and what we were very good at, uh, resize our position, uh, re re reposition ourselves to a training center. So we are today, we are more like a training center for young entrepreneurs, nomad dropouts that we help from day one to create their life company than a startup studio when before we were kind of close, following our idea, following our project, following operational side, etc. Right now, we have created the first training centers, like uh, sportive training centers, you know, like soccer, pro, uh, soccer players training centers. We already have uh, yeah. friends, for example. We created this, but for tech entrepreneurs. 
And this is what we do right now. And that's pretty exciting, you know. I think that's powerful. I believe that's called the quest. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. And and, and we're going to talk about the quest in a little while. But before we do that, I want to dive into uh, the startup culture, the sort of the formulaic or the, the way that you build companies. You said you have overall a portfolio of uh, companies that went from zero to $22 million in annual recurring revenue. Mm-hmm. When people say that, usually it's again. I'm I'm just I'm not being ageist. It's usually a 45 year old dude in San Francisco that talks like what you're talking about. So we're gonna have to dive in, Julian. I'm not stopping this. I'm not going uh, to end this until we figure out how the heck you're doing this. Okay, let's break it down. My first question about startups is, what makes a good startup in your opinion? That's the first thing I want to know. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because we it's on our process but also it's something that people can learn from it we don't judge uh, startup id we judge like startup founders so mm, it's like yeah. pretty like it's the process we follow and at some point i think it's what every founder should ask themselves what could be like the great project for me you know and creating startup is creating something that is ambitious, something that can have a good impact. It's creating something missionary. You know, you're not here just to take the cash. Mm. You're not a missionary. Yeah. You're here to for the mission. And I think um, it's not about what is the good startup or startup ID. It's what is the perfect match between this founder and this market and this uh, ID. Mm. And at some point, with all our startups we created, we always iterated and in some point pivoted. It's about also the resilience of founders, you know. But at mm. some point, you know, like good startups with good founders, our, pe- our people and our project that solve like real world needs, that solve that have like strong uh, vision and strong conviction of something that will evolve in maybe uh, yeah. uh, things that we don't imagine right now. You know, it's about like following the conviction and vision of a group of people and getting the the right roadmap to. To concrete and to to achieve this, you know, so it's important because mm. some people have like strong conviction, a strong vision, but they start yeah. the project having this strong meta vision and ecosystemic vision of what they could build an empire. <laughs> but sometimes you have yeah. to start very like simple, you know, yeah. brick by brick. You're going to make your project and your solution available to everyone, and brick by brick you yeah. will go to the end goal of something very like a, a very deep vision and conviction of something that don't exist right now, you know. Yeah, I love that. I can tell you're a deep thinker and, and this is something that you you truly are a master of your craft and you're working on getting better. Because I remember when I was your age and I, I had my first startup in college, I wanted to be the number one ride sharing for college students. It was called Trio, I believe. And I was already thinking this big. It didn't work out. I don't know if it was because of that I was thinking too big, but that's a very good lesson. I think if people need to break things down into steps. You can't be a billionaire overnight or even a, a seven, six, seven figure person overnight. And all this great story, you hear people like Iman Gaji did it in a few years, super young guy like you, successful, worth a lot of money. It seems easy because you watch it on YouTube, but the truth is, it's not easy if you just speed up and try to get to the end. You need to actually focus on breaking it down into steps. So I want to go through an exercise with you if you're okay with it. And I have a, the next question is the, the most important thing I, I know from just kind of researching startup culture is validating the idea. So if you have an idea at home right now, you have something, I want to sell rulers to school teachers. I don't know, whatever you want to do. You have to validate the idea. And I would love for you, Julian, to take us through how do you validate the ideas, you know, mm-hmm. in your 
uh, company and in, in, in sort of your startup world, mm. what is the best way to actually see something that has legs and is and can actually be used by potentially millions of people. Mm-hmm. I always wonder that because I need it myself. I'm I'm in the middle of my own startup, uh, and it's an AI startup, and I'm like, we have some hints, but how do I validate this thing? I want you to teach <laughs> to give me a free masterclass because I feel this is the most crucial thing that people don't do well, and I, I would love to hear from you how you end up validating your ideas or that, startups. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think like if you. If you get what I said, like you know, in the last uh, in the last question uh, you sent me, like it's also like about creating a project where you want to go, where you are good at, and when you are you when you and where you have leverage, you know. And for example, mm. if you want to create like uh, I have this friend who wanted to create like a platform to make um, uh, indies, hackers, and solopreneurs um, more. This platform will basically aim solopreneurs and indies hackers to create their SaaS more easily, you know. So the idea wasn't bad, and there's like definitely some people who can be interesting. But the guy didn't, my friend didn't get any leverage to market it or Mm. to fake it. it. And next to this, Mm. I have another friend, which is like Mark Lou, he's on Twitter space too. And this guy, like, you have like big and large audience of like indies makers, solopreneurs, Mm. a guy who wants to build SaaS. And so he have this leverage because you have a large audience of this. And when he got the same idea of my friends, it was very mm. more easy for him to test the ID and to validate the ID because he just had to send a post on Twitter by fake it the ID yeah. and see the traction, you know. So I think mm. I, again, like try to go when you have a leverage, where you have a leverage, and it will help you validate the ID. But if you don't really have a leverage, try to steal the leverage of others. For example, <laughs> if you have this ID, and if I were my friend okay. who don't have the leverage, I will try to, for example, uh, get highlighted in my friend who have the leverage newsletter, or I will try to maybe follow the people who follow him on Twitter, or I will try to go on Reddit on small communities uh, that are uh, pretty interesting maybe by my ID. The idea is to go niche and to like select very like you two, three strategies that can work to get feedback and to take like, um, to get feedback and to to take some decision based on this. It's not about validating your product mm-hmm. market fit. It's about validating the proof of concept first, you know, to validate that some people can be interested about it. And after you have this, so by being niche, by selecting only two, three strat- strategies. And I say this because sometimes people want to do everything, go everywhere, go on TikTok, make some TikTok, go on the newsletter, <laughs> go on LinkedIn. Extra. No, just select the two, three strategies that work for others for similar business model than yours and similar as industry than yours. After you focus on this and you have one, one thing to validate is the proof of concept. Are the people interested to get uh, more information about your project, etc.? And after you have the proof of concepts, you didn't make anything, you didn't build anything, you didn't ship anything. It's just about like sending message and be confronted to the market. What you can do is to fake it the idea uh, more and more by making, for example, a landing page of it, by making uh, a, a product that can be your MVP. For example, for the software as service that help you find uh, project winners that we 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 grow from zero to 200, 300 thousand monthly revenue. The first version of this was a newsletter, was a newsletter that was selling you like winner product. So it wasn't this wall, uh, this beautiful platform and very high tech platform that we have right now that provide you the best value, etc. But it was something that 
provide the, the key value proposition, which was like the list of winner product in e-commerce, you know. So at some point, you know, you can validate your ID with a small MVP just by checking if the value proposition you will provide, maybe in future with a better and well-designed uh, well uh, software service, even if it's in a newsletter, is it okay? Is it the value proposition enough, etc. you know? So I think first validate yeah. the proof of concept by targeting some strategies that work for others in this kind of industry, in this kind of uh, project. If you have the leverage on it, it's perfect. If not, you can steal others' competitors. And after, try to fake it more and more to validate this kind of product market fit with fake landing page, weightless system. Try to see if you can have pre-sales based on uh, just like the the landing page, etc. And this is how it works, you know, just creating attraction and see like if people, even if they don't have the product in their hand, they are excited, you know. And if mm. it's good, they are excited, you know. And after it's about like getting your product and managing your project management stuff uh, step by step, you know, you doing ship fast and ship light one feature you put on your, on the product, uh, you put on your customer's end and you get feedback. And after you iterate, don't try to make the perfect product to mm -hmm. after say, okay, it's validate. No, it's the whole process that validate the things, not the, the end or your V1 is available, you know. Got it. Super helpful. Super helpful. Now with the, the project you've worked with, once you've, let's say for an example, you validate something, what do you do next? Do you raise money at that point? Are you looking to build like, you know, a better version? How are you funding it? I mean, I, I know you said you have your, kind of a, uh, your own agency, but mm -hmm. what do you do at that point? Once you say, let's say you get a, a couple hundred customers, mm -hmm. what is your next move to make sure you continue the momentum without running out of money, without feeling like mm -hmm. the project's going to fail? what do you do at that point so um i think i recommend to everyone to bootstrap and not chase like a fund fundraising if you don't need it fundraising a lot of people think like it's like the final uh, objectives of a startup like getting <laughs> fund but that's yeah. not all uh that's uh that's it's uh like fund is like to make something you know fund is to get like some institutional partners you can't got you can't get without their investment is to uh, go on a new market you can't face because it's too large and you don't have like the treasury and you will not have like doing two three years and you waste you waste time but not, not doing it you know F Raising fund is like very specific, and I don't recommend uh, people to chase this. I recommend people to chase like the autosufficient and the self-funded uh, uh, system. For this, you can do like we do, we did with like our our agencies, uh, studio, etc., which help us. But I don't recommend this to be honest. We didn't add the choice from mm -hmm. our side because we started big since yeah. day one, you know. So by starting big and started creating five startups in the same time, hiring people, hiring off, etc., we yeah. didn't have choice. But as a breeders that are alone or with few mates, etc., you don't really need this, you know. You, and it's if you do like some service next to it, it will unfocus you. You will not be like focused on like getting a good project and making money with this project, etc. So I think what I recommend yeah. is to is to make the, the the most money you can do with this project and to chase like profitability at some point, you know. And even when you yeah. have launched your beta, even if you have launched your V1. And this it will depend on like, the product validation and the satisfaction your users and customers will get. You know, if I if I can give yeah. you a quick 
uh, example, right now we are launching a new project. The project name is WingMe. It's like a next-gen outreach tool. Basically, you import your LinkedIn targets or your Twitter targets. It will analyze the mm -hmm. profile and it will put all the profiles and the targets in a CRM inside the app. And based on this, we will send you and we will recommend you and we will do for you personalized action for every target to go from strangers with this target to customers. So basically, you import your target and every day we propose you some action to perform. For example, comment this target uh, post uh, and uh, send this target uh, resource to this one. You know, very personalized action, you know? Yeah. And at some point, the goal is that after five, six action, you get object the objective done with your target. The objective can be a sales mm -hmm. meeting, can be a, a conversion on an event, etc. you know? And to be honest, yeah, we, yeah. We, we did exactly what I told you. So first, to validate the product uh, um, proof of concept, we start writing about outreach on LinkedIn and uh, Twitter during two, three weeks to start getting an audience of potential interest. So we didn't get this leverage at first, you know? So it, it's interesting mm. because you don't have necessary to get the leverage, but we created our leverage by creating an audience mm. around outreach. After getting this outreach audience, we started by making some posts, uh, pitching the tool and saying like comments to get access. In one week, mm -hmm. we got like 500 people who wanted to get access to this tool, you know? So it's kind nice. of validation. That's a good, good, good validation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I was one of them, by the way. <laughs> that's how I, that's how I met you. <laughs> but uh, keep going. Yeah, that, yeah. That's it, you know? And after this, we put all these people in one doc and every week based on the profile of every people. So we have like around like 500 um, targets or potential customers. We send them message. We take, we send them updates. We send them some, uh, some news and based on their like, uh, uh, lead scoring, we onboard them to the beta that we created in the same times. And even if the product is not perfect, we give them some updates, we include them in the co-creation system, mm -hmm. and they feel like they yeah. participate in it, you know. And what we're going to do is that yeah. after being making the, the tool to their end during like uh, uh, two, three weeks and Hopefully, they will become addicts because we were right with our project vision. This is the more difficult at some point, you know, if we were right uh, mm -hmm. with our thesis and with the project. When they will become addicts, we'll say, okay, if we want to still continuing, you have to pay this. You have to pay uh, yeah. less than if you are to subscribe right now. This is why, because we have this cost. And if they want to pay, they will pay. They will pay because they trust you, because they uh, you nurture them during a few weeks, and because they, they get benefits from the tool, you know. So this is the whole process yeah. of getting from an ID, testing online, getting people and nurturing direction, onboarding them and um, transforming them into customers, paying customers. And after it's about like improving experience, reducing churn, et cetera, you know, all this, this yeah. stuff that come after. That's amazing. No, I can't wait for Wing May. I think it's Wing May, right? Wing May? Yeah. Wing May? Yeah, yeah, I cannot wait. I have it saved on my on my computer, and I'm waiting yeah. to the day that it actually goes public, so I can actually use it fully. But um, yeah. let's move forward with uh, the quest. Mm -hmm. First of all, great name. Second of all, I'm interested. But um, my third, my my main thought is around on the website for the quest, which is basically. Um, uh, some would call it a startup studio for young people. Okay. You can tell me what you think, what you would say it is. It says that <laughs> I just got to, had to relax on this one. It says, if you're, if you're in school, you got to drop out to, to join the quest. What's going on with that, Julian? <laughs> Telling people to drop out. <laughs> 
no, no. Actually, like I don't say, uh, and we don't say like dropouts, but we say like yeah, the perfect place and the safe place if you prefer bridging like your dream project, your ambitious dream project, instead of like sitting in a classroom, you know? So at some points, like, sure. and we create projects with people who already drop out. We know we never put pressure and we don't want this. Uh, we, we are not in a, we are not fighting school. We are creating a mm. safe place for people who already uh, give up with school and who don't have a place that they can meet. They can make some friends and, who the best one because it's kind of exclusive what we do in the quest we only do like between mm. eight to ten projects and the best one or like the the more ambitious one the more like hard worker one the more like uh resilient one will be able to create amazing project with us and doing like a few months with advertising with a grant of one thousand uh, 100,000 to 200,000 uh, euro with like a full end-zone like support, etc. And like this is what we, we do in the quest, you know, transforming like dream project of people who decided to drop out a few weeks, few months, few years ago to like ambitious projects with like everything they need to, to work, you know, that's the point of the quest. You know? Yeah, I love it. And what I see as well is that you're not doing it just online. It's not just like this kind of like, ah, just do these tasks. You're meeting in person in different places around the world. I see that you have like skydiving, like talk about that a little bit, because I think that's what people don't see in the startup world is building a family, building a team mm -hmm. and actually becoming really connected with people because I know it makes a difference on outcome. So Definitely. tell us a little bit about those experiences that people have with the quest. Where are you going? Where have you been? And what kind of things people can expect? Mm. I'm very curious about that as well. Yeah, definitely. So just like basically, um, the, the mission of the quest is to help ambitious dropouts build like extremely ambitious and extremely impactful project this is like our mission and with this we are going to do and to launch a lot of things and we are going to launch for example an open com community online on discord for every dropout who want to build project to make friends etc but our main activity in the quest is the training center which is like very exclusive because we can't do this with all the people we do it like i told you only with eight to ten people and this program is about meeting a dropout entrepreneurs who want to create ambitious project and in 12 months transforming him from i have dream and i already tried something that failed to i found my life project and i found my co-founders and i have some traction i have some team and it's going to be huge you know and for this yeah, this yeah. process we have to it's an education process at the end we have a kind of, we are a kind of school and it's not just mm -hmm. about like making some calls seeing in a live public to talk about business it's about creating connection with the quest team and every members founders that will be uh, accepted in the program you know because we want to work mm -hmm. with people we appreciate and we, we value and we think that people need us to appreciate us and to value us and this work not only with uh, a classroom, etc. It work with physical events, so like skydiving, uh, going on offsite mm. every two months. So every two months, even if we have a kind of remote nomads program, every every people from everywhere can join. There is no like physical place uh, to come. Even if we have this kind of positioning, we find interesting and important to meet each other few few um, every few a few weeks. You know what I mean? And so this yeah. it have to be to meeting people to face challenge to um, 
get more uh, creativity maybe because when you are together in the same place, you have like more yeah. ideas, etc. But it's also like just like to make friends and to enjoy, you know, like creating a startup has to be fun. And if it's fun and if you enjoy it, you will be more resilient. You will be more, um, it will be more easy to iterate, etc. Because at some point, every startup we created, and it's the case for many startups, it's about like who will be the more resilient and the more um, strong yeah. Yeah. to iterate and be here doing 5, 10, 15 years of his life, you know, at some point, you know. So that's what we, yeah. that's why we think like experience, it's a complete part of the process of creating like a very strong entrepreneurs. And, you know, at the quest, we start with entrepreneurs. We don't start with projects. That's the difference with the YC, for example, mm -hmm. Y Combinators. Y Combinators, they accept and they, they, they fund projects. We accept, we fund entrepreneurs, we fund them co-founders. We create the project that they, uh, they can match with them. They uh, take this project and they reinvent it. They appropriate mm. it. And after we have them hands on with all the team and all the partners to uh, make them uh, a good traction, validate the ID, make some money, grow the team. And after we are here also to uh, help them if they face all the challenges they never face, do they want to raise funds? If they want to raise funds, we have all our ecosystem contacts, so it's pretty easy. Do they want to go on the other markets? If they want, we have all the, um, the alumni and the people we created projects, so it's more easy, you know? So it's the whole mm -hmm. experience, not just about like, okay, today what you're going to learn is how to create a good branding, you know? It's not working like this. <laughs> I love that. Listen, and, and we're tailing off to the end here, but I know that it's age 17 to 27, right? And it's actually uh, by invitation only, it's free, right? So it's free, but you have to qualify. That's correct? Like everyone can join the Discord community that uh, have already like 800 members. And this community is open to every dropout. It's free, etc. Mm -hmm. the, the, the training centers which is the program we have to co-create companies is not is definitely not available to everyone because like I told you, yeah. we can only do between eight to 10 projects and more than yeah. the work and the team and every experience we have, we give money. We give between 100,000 mm. to 200,000, you know? And so to create this, we had I like to- that. And this, we keep the bootstrapping uh, vibe because we are bootstrappers, you know, but we don't want to be yeah. respected if we have to, to create this campaign to get some uh, uh, feedback directly, instantly based on this, to get these talents because we faced a contract that we can't accept without these talents. You know? we, we, we think that it's good to bootstrap, but at some point, having like a, a bag of money that can help you and using yeah. it um, well, it's also something that will make people and members from train center win faster and win uh, stronger yeah. because that's important things everyone from training centers are already entrepreneurs or already people mm -hmm. who will probably succeed when they join training center they win time they win 10 15 days 15 years maybe you know so they win time by joining yeah. us they, they they win time and they win family and they win like the whole ecosystem but we don't change them when they come they have the things that we say and we can feel that they mm -hmm. will do something great you know i love it i i honestly think you're a pioneer in this uh new education system in terms of people who are finishing high school they most people a lot of people maybe because i'm an entrepreneur but i see so many people they go they travel the world they're living in bali they're living in europe barcelona and they're starting businesses. And so I see what you're doing with the quest. And I see that this is like the new model. And I really encourage people to check it out and uh, let them know where can they find it if they're looking to kind of apply and to be involved with the quest. 
Um, just to answer you, I think you're completely uh, right. I think more and more startups and ambitious projects are becoming less popular, um, confronted to, for example, freelancers, solopreneurs, yeah. etc. because it's more difficult, you know. When you see freelancers, you see like people who create their own product. After a few months, few years, they can have like a good revenue and they can enjoy their life in yeah. Bali, etc. And that's more easy, that's more attractive. So I think like, creating startups and ambitious projects is less popular at some points. We got the wave, mm -hmm. you know, we got the first wave that the idea and the ideal for you, for young people was to get like a good careers in big company. After we got this boom, we start up uh, and uh, what we call the startup nation, you know, so everyone wanted yeah. to create a startup. And right now after the COVID people want to create like small, but uh, self-funded yeah. and uh, I am um, solo I businesses, I one, one to two person businesses. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. that's good, you know, I don't judge. But what we want to do in the quest, and this is uh, what we target, it's like billion companies, you know. And at, at the end, mm. you know, we want to create billion companies that would impact billions of people. And that's yeah. why and how our business model is based. That is why and how we do this job, because we want to play this game. And that is why and how we structure the training center like this, you know. So I, I yeah. find it interesting to add this. And I think every play, every game is good and uh, you have to find your game and you have to find the, your age to entrepreneurs. As I saw, you told me like you entrepreneurs maybe later than me, uh, but that's not a problem at all. You know, everyone starts at their yeah. age and you, don't have to, you feel stressed, you know. Uh, I started yeah, younger yeah. because maybe I was like, uh, it was boring my, my childhood. I don't know, you know, but at some point yeah. I, I, I started uh, youngest. I was passionate youngest. And uh, I, I win a bit of time for this, but I, I we don't have to judge anything. You know, you start at the age you feel comfortable. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for making me not feel old, Julian. Thank, I don't feel old anymore. Okay. Um, listen, man, I, I think you have a super bright future. You're already shining and um, look forward to seeing how you grow. Thanks for being on here on the podcast. And yeah. uh, let's let's stay in contact on on uh, Twitter. Before you go, drop your Twitter right now and let them know, and then we'll we'll drop off the uh, the podcast. What is your Twitter? Yeah, my Twitter is Julian Ivaldi, basically my first name and last name. But what you can um, find interesting is like the Quest website, jointhequest.co, and the Quest mm -hmm. on socials uh, like on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Uh, if you want to get in touch uh, with us, send a message or send me direct uh, a message to me. I will be uh, delighted to to chat with you. And uh, if you are if you have some drop outs on your community, uh, they are welcome to our drop outs camp. Uh, that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So join the quest.co. We'll leave yeah. it in the show notes. We'll put it in uh, social media when this gets reposted. Julie Nivaldi, thank you for your time. Uh, merci beaucoup. We'll see you in another episode. <laughs> Thank you, mate. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Ciao.